Welcome to Save Invest Compound, Episode 2. In this episode, I will talk about monetary value of goods and services. We will look at how we assign prices to different goods and services. We will look at how people and businesses assign different prices to different goods and services, how prices change over time, how to predict price changes, how to position ourselves to take advantage of price changes, and how to protect ourselves from unfavorable changes in prices. Don't worry, I will not be getting into difficult math or graphs. I will only cover the basic concepts which will help us make better decisions. As a society, as a market, how do we assign a price to something? How do we value goods and services? The easy answer is that the price of something is what the buyer is willing to pay and what the seller is willing to accept. A bar of chocolate is selling for $3. At this price, the dairy farmer is making a profit, the chocolatier is making a profit, the transporter is making a profit, and the grocery store is making a profit. Would the store sell it to me for $1? Probably not, because at that price, one or more of the businesses involved in the chain will lose money. Suppose the store raises the price to $10. Will I buy it? Probably not. At $1, the seller won't sell it. At $10, the buyer won't buy it. Such daily transactions decide the price of goods and services. A business wants to raise the price of the goods it sells to make more profit. How can it figure out if it can raise the price of its goods? How does it decide on a new price? Pringle Chips Company launched a new small packet of its chips. The chips were selling for 50 cents at a gas station. They were flying off the shelf. The owner raised the price to 60 cents. They went equally well the next week. Then he raised the price to 65 cents. No change in sales. Then he raised the price to 75 cents. The sales fell. He changed the price back to 65 cents and the same sale volume resumed. This is called price discovery. The owner continued raising the price until he found a price that maximized his profit. Suppose I need Enfamil baby milk. Walmart is selling it for $30 for 500 grams. What if Walmart raises the price to $60? Then I will go to another store and buy it from another store. Suppose the price is raised by the company that produces the baby milk. This will increase the price in every store. Then I will have to switch to a different brand. Suppose the price increase is coming from the dairy farms. Then it will impact every brand. In that case, I have no choice but to pay whatever price is being asked. The price of goods and services are largely determined by supply and demand. If 100 people want a Toyota Corolla and there are only 10 in the market, the seller can ask more money. 10 of those buyers would be willing to pay extra 
to get the car. If there are 100 cars and only 10 potential buyers, then the seller would need to give an incentive, like a price decrease. We also have to consider elasticity. The demand for Toyota Corolla is elastic. The buyer can choose to delay buying a car. The buyer can choose to buy a used car. The buyer can choose to buy a different car. The car manufacturer can also choose to increase or decrease production. So the supply and demand can change rapidly. Thus, the demand is elastic and supply is elastic. However, in the case of baby milk, the demand cannot change. If there are 10,000 babies in the city, then 10,000 babies need the milk. The demand cannot decrease because each baby needs to be fed. The demand can also not increase. 10,000 babies cannot drink the same quantity of milk as 20,000 babies. The demand cannot increase or decrease rapidly. Therefore, the demand is inelastic. Technically, families can have more babies, move in or out of the city, but the impact will be negligible over the short term. What about the supply? The supply of dairy can be disrupted at source by supply disruptions, production delays due to the pandemic, and other factors. The supply is elastic. Baby products have high margins so parents don't see these big changes in prices. Usually the retailers absorb the impact of small price fluctuations. But any large change in the price, any large fluctuation in the price will be felt by the parents. The price of everything tends to increase over time. This is because the value of money you are using decreases every year. This is called inflation. Regardless of which currency you are using, its value tends to decline every year. Sometimes the prices of goods and services can decrease as well. Big screen TVs, for example, used to sell for thousands of dollars when they were newly invented. How can I take advantage of this knowledge? If you see many people moving to your city, and new houses are not being built fast enough to meet the demand, there will not be enough houses for everyone. The demand will be higher than supply. The cost of buying and renting will increase. What can you do? Consider buying a home now if you are thinking about buying one next year. If you are renting, sign a longer lease agreement so the rent doesn't rise. If the opposite is true, if more people are leaving and there are more empty houses, then you can expect the cost of housing to drop and you can expect the cost of renting to drop. If you are able to see that the price of a certain product will increase due to upcoming supply constraints, then invest money then consider investing money in the companies that will profit from the rise in price. When governments started placing restrictions in response to the pandemic, fear was growing in the markets. When people are fearful, they buy gold. So I purchased shares in gold mining companies. Their stock prices rose 
as demand for gold was increasing. When the markets calmed in response to government support programs, I pulled my money out, I sold those stocks, and I made a nice 35% profit. I was able to do this because I foresaw price changes in response to rise in demand. Changes in supply or demand are opportunities and shrewd investors are able to make profit from such changes. Now I'm going to read a few examples from my book called Save Invest Compound to help you better understand this concept. Alice owns and operates a fruit orchard. She needs to sell apples, but there are more apples in the market than buyers want. If she doesn't sell the apples, they will rot and she won't get any money for them. She decides to reduce her asking price because less money is better than no money. The next season, there weren't enough apples in the market for everyone wanting to buy apples and competing buyers offered her a better price to ensure that she would sell to them instead of the competition. This is how the law of supply and demand works at a very basic level. When buyers are competing for something scarce, they offer more money, thereby raising prices. When sellers are competing for customers, they lower prices. Bob was a truck driver in Nova Scotia. In 2012, he was laid off and he could not find another job. While transporters in Nova Scotia were struggling, trucking companies operating in Alberta were increasing capacity. So they needed more skilled workers. Bob moved to Alberta and he soon found a job with a better salary. His services as a truck driver were more valuable in Alberta than in Nova Scotia. This shows that the law of supply and demand also applies to the job market. The effects of the law of supply and demand can be altered with hedging, price fixing, cartels, regulation, subsidies, and unions. Um, I won't cover all those topics in, in this podcast, uh, but let's, take, uh, let's go back and look at um, the case of Alice. So neither Alice nor retailers who buy her apples know what the price of apples will be next year. It might be very favorable for Alice or very favorable for the retailer. To protect themselves from the downside of an unfavorable price, they can both enter into a contract to give up some of their upside to protect against the downside. The retailer agrees to buy a certain quantity and Alice will be required to sell a certain quantity at a predetermined price, an agreement that is somewhat favorable to both. Thus, if the price of apples is very low, Alice is guaranteed a minimum price. She is protected against the price fall because the retailer has to buy apples from her at a higher than market price. If the price of apples is very high, then the retailer gets a guaranteed quantity of apples at a reasonable price. Alice makes less profit because she cannot sell those apples to other retailers for a higher price. This is called hedging. This concept gave rise to commodity exchanges. 
pricing and price discovery is a very complex topic, but I hope with this um, short podcast, I was able to help you understand the fundamental basics of how prices work. Um, Having this knowledge would allow you to make smarter decisions in your day-to-day life and also in your investing ventures. You can reach me at saveinvestcompound.com. See you in the next episode.